What's up, everybody? This is the Man of Steel, Mike Verna, and you are listening to the Three Welcome, everybody, to another great edition of the Three Count Podcast presents Now Entering the Ring. I'm your host, Clifford Red Dog Miller, the man who leads you up this mountain. We're going to the summit. You can call me your Sherpa, but of course, it's never about me. Never, never. It's always about who's entering the ring. And so who's entering the ring today? You can find this man at UCW. You can find this man at Devise. You can find him at PWX Law, or you can find him at Black Diamond. He is the Reginant, Joshua Kavad. What's up, man? Thank you so much for having me on the show, man. means a lot. Glad to be here. Bro, I am excited to have you on the show. I was was thinking about this interview. We so kind of like behind the scenes had this plan for like a couple weeks now and i've been like counting it down like i've been working with like a lot of other people and like doing these interviews but i was like josh and i just ran a match like i legit have to like get this guy on the show and talk to him yeah pretty pumped man this is like i have my own podcast that you know i did one or two uh one of them's out you know but i've never actually been on this end of one so this is different for me dude and it's i it's pretty cool man you know Awesome. See, see, you just sit back, sit in the passenger seat. I'll take the drive. You ain't got to worry about nothing else. It's kind of like, you know, like that rookie vet mentality. <laughs> Heck yeah, man. I'm good with that. Bet, man. So I'm going to ask you, man, first question off the jump, man. Who is Joshua Kavad? Who is Joshua Kavad? Now, the simple answer would be a child of God, professional wrestler and entertainer, and um, just a hard worker. There's a very, very long version of that uh there the story goes back man uh, joshua kabod simply that though in my eyes man I, I i go out and strive to be the best i can be every time anybody sees me perform um that's just who i am i'm a child of god and i'm i'm a performer man i'm a professional wrestler and that's what i believe i was born to be yeah that's awesome though i know um one of my really good friends who's uh he's like tearing it up on the upper circuit uh he's let's that's his thing, man. Like he lifts, wrestles, do yoga, and then he just preaches the book. And like, that's like his life. And he loves every minute of it. And I'm just like, well, I can't even be mad. Like I enjoy just like listening to him do some, some of his own sermons and stuff because we both kind of travel like the same road, which is kind of crazy. Um, uh, We both went to college at Northwestern College, which is like an all Christian school and a Christian college to be exact. Um, But he like, he was just pumping out information left and right. Like he just knew story after story after story and just how to relate to a life or like to rest. Cause we were both college wrestlers. So he just knew how to relate to it. And it was just, it was a trip for me. And I was just like, teach me. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. The, the Bible's so much deeper. Like you already know it's deep, but like uh, I go to Regent university. So uh, a Christian college mm-hmm. and, they're like you you never believe how deep the bible actually is and so you dig into some of them stories and you can learn how to put it together with what's going on in your own life at the time you yeah know? it's weird it's taking weird. me a long way yeah i was like it's it is it is weird how like you you know like you go through a day you open up like randomly and then there's a verse there and you're just like huh I could definitely relate to this. <laughs> and there's power in God's word, you know? So that's, that's plug into your power source every day. You're good to go. That, my opinion. You know, that's how it should be. Uh, oh, yeah. I wasn't always like that, though, man. I wasn't always that guy, but we'll, we'll get there, you know? <laughs> hey, we got it. We got whatever time we got, man. Uh, so what brought you into the sport, though? Oh, shoot. I always loved wrestling, man. Um, I remember being a kid and uh, the first like serious memory that I have of wrestling was probably a uh, big show throwing Austin through the cage. <laughs> yeah. And like, I remember I, my parents watched it all the time. You know, I watched it and I, I remember growing up in the attitude era and I was you know super into it. And, uh, uh, you know, knowing that I was in my eyes, I was going to be the biggest guy there ever was when I was a kid. Um, so, you know, that's it, you know, that and between every other sport I could ever think of, but I always loved wrestling. Uh, I got a little older, I think I was about 14. Um, my cousin actually 
was training uh, with the Stro. And he came back up and we, you know, he, he was working indie shows. I went and saw a couple of them and I wanted to learn. I wanted to know. But I was 14. I live in Pennsylvania. There's a lot of rules and regulations on that in Pennsylvania. So it's my cousin. We found a way around. It. And, you know, this isn't stuff that like today you tell people something like this is going to be frowned upon. But this is I'm 27. I was 14. And I wanted, I was, dude, I would have died to get into wrestling. I would have gave my life at 14 years old to say I did anything in a wrestling ring. So I learned how to bump by taking a suplex on a dining room floor, hardwood floor. Hey, man. And it taught, yeah, it was stupid, stupid as ever you could ever be. But I didn't know that. I was 14 years old. Uh, my cousin was also green and training and young. We're eager, you know, so we did it in dining room floor. I took suplexes and stuff learning. And I went to a West Virginia show with him, uh, 15, 16 years old, 15, I believe. And Johnny Hart and the snake man, Devin Michaels are in the ring running training. Uh, Johnny Hart, he looks at me, says, hey, kid, you, you want to try it? Yeah, I want to try it. You know, I jump in a ring. Well, you, you've been watching. Take a bump. Took a bump. Do that again. Took a bump. So that's pretty good, kid. Now, I didn't tell him I was taking bumps on the dining room floor because he'd probably kick me out. <laughs> so I did that. And uh, he said, well, are you not to run the ropes? Run the ropes. I started running. He started running the other way, crisscross. We ran, dude, for a good uh, solid five to eight, just running ropes. and. I, I puked. I believe I puked anyway. It was a long time ago, but he ran the crap out of me, man. And ever since like every show, cause we were doing three shows a weekend for just that specific crew of guys uh, traveling through West Virginia at the time. And every chance he had, he'd get me in the ring and, you know, all the different guys would show me stuff. I got a lot of credit to my cousin Shane for, you know, actually pulling me in and getting me involved in the business. But beyond that, um, I always loved it. You know, 14 years old, that's whenever I really started to learn. And at 15, 16, I lied my way through the business. Not proud of that, but I, I was eager and I wanted to be in it. So I lied my way through the business. Uh, I, you know, lied about my age and whatnot. And a couple of different people would get their hands on me and you'd learn. Uh, I think one of the first ones that really sunk their claws into me, you know, the Wraith and Johnny Demonic uh, tag team of the Bloodline, uh, local to my area, West Virginia, PA, I think, you know, the Ohio Valley area. Mm. Uh, and then after that, I, who I credit a lot of stuff to is because when I really excelled is uh, J. Rue um, out of Charleroi, PA. He was the one that really took his time with me and taught me a lot. And I learned a lot from him because we had similar styles and that's how, you know, stuff I wanted to know he knew how to do. So at 16 years old, I remember working a cage match, uh, 16 years old with nine guys coming off the top and a bunch of crazy stuff, man. So when I was a kid, it was just something I always loved to do. And I always wanted to do it. Like I have scars to prove it as a child doing a lot of stuff. My mother didn't agree with and uh, beating the crap. But, you know, me and my brother is just wrestling. It's a life, man. It's always been the goal since I, as long as I can remember. So that's the, the I, probably the longest answer I could give you, honestly. Sorry, bro. <laughs> this is, hey man, this is your interview, man. So when I ask you, it's like, it's whatever the story is, man, whatever you want to get out and get across, it's all about you. So you don't have to worry about any of that, man. But that's interesting though, man, like getting in at 14 and taking bumps on a hardwood, hardwood floor. Like we, we joke about it in the business because you can attest to this too. We talk about a bump, a bump card, right? And you're not, you're not punching holes. You're blowing shotgun shells through your your right. card once you start doing that because it's it's not fun. And I know a couple of other friends who've taken suplexes like on hardwood floors and just say like, man, like my back was just messed up for like three or four days afterwards. And like, you have to hear um, you. yeah, dude, it's it. My body's had a lot of other trauma, you know. So I've been around for about. 13 years, uh, working years, 
closer to 10 because mm. uh, a lot of stuff that has happened throughout my life, you know, at 17, which is what really, really messed me up because 14, 15, 16, I'm learning. I'm finally getting to that point. I'm about to be 18. So there are certain states I can work in, things I can do now. I don't have to wear a mask. I don't have to go to West Virginia and I don't have to do this and lie and, you know, all that craziness. So I'm finally there and um, my dad died and mm -hmm. things got real crazy in my life at the time, uh, still being under 18. And I wrecked my car because I was out drinking, being stupid. And I wrecked my car and rolled it. It broke my back, shattered my knee. Like they had to rebuild my left knee. Uh, I broke my sternum, punctured a lot. I got a bunch of crap, dude. And the doctors told me they were going to amputate my leg. I was never going to walk again. Uh, a bunch of, they told me I'd definitely never wrestle again. And that was, I think, the most crushing thing that I've ever heard in my entire life. At that point, I was 17. That's the only thing I wanted to do. It was military or wrestling. And wrestling was going great at the time. I was a kid. And now I would never had a future in either of them in my eyes, the way the doctors fed it to me. So we had some surgeries, went through that and they said, well, you're not going to walk for at least two years, but you'll never walk without assistance. Okay. Now what wasn't smart, but eight months later I got in a wrestling ring and I went back to work. And in that process though, I was hopped up on a lot of pain pills, dude. And a lot of stuff doctors were feeding me. And it at I got back in way too soon. Mm. And I had a problem starting right out the gate. So from 17 up until a couple like a year ago, honestly, man, I would love to forget about that part of my career, but I can't because it's made me who I am. Because in my personal opinion, I was a piece of garbage for about eh, eight years, 10 years in the wrestling business, man, in and out of jail. And I should have never been in a ring or like a lot of stuff, man, just because of things I went through at the time, like traumatic experiences, plus all the, the pain pills I got hopped up on with the doctors and then taking me off. It started addiction, plus being in a wrestling ring in the business after having those injuries going out every night on a weekends, you know, three, do three shows on a weekend and your body's just destroyed. Right. And you do what you do. And I didn't know what I know now. So, uh, beginning of my career was just roller coaster. It was great. It was awesome. It was bad. And it was terrible. And then I glory to God. I found my way back, man. And I started doing stuff the right way and it's taken me. It's taken me further than I thought it would that quick anyways. No, that's great though. And that's, that's awesome that you were able to like find your path and like get back right. And now you're starting to see like, sometimes man, I, I think about it all the time and you, know, you have to go through like those dark spells to like, get to like the other side to get to those light sides. And like, mm -hmm. yeah, man, it's, it's good that you're able to, come through come through that and you know like you said yourself like maybe it wasn't you maybe like you're not you know it's not all rainbows but at least you you still got your shine though because like let's be real like when we met I, I would have never guessed I would never guess that that was a thing and you and I like we sat down we had like a good 30 40 minute conversation before we even like started like talking about what we were gonna do so mm -hmm. yeah I would have never guessed and that's crazy though man but that's such a great story like you can like build so much off of that, not just like in a ring, but in life, like you can pass that knowledge on to other people, like, and just like, let them know, like, Hey man, these are these struggles that I went through in the business and I can mm -hmm. like help, help you if you ever find yourself in the same positions. So well, yeah, that's, that's great point, man. Cause it's actually what I do now. Uh, I have a ministry. It's called wrestling with faith ministries. Uh, it's not just for in within the business, uh, but it's for outside of the business, anybody and anybody, but, you know, anybody and everybody rather. Uh, but that's kind of how, how it's been, man. And that's when, when you talk about gimmicks and I, uh, you know, pull the famous, no gimmicks needed because it's not really a gimmick for me. It's, right. this is my life, man. And I'm 
I've always tried to be open and honest about who I was and who I am now. We've incorporated it into storylines and everything else. And it's just, uh, yeah, it's, it's who I am dude now. So what you see, yeah, I don't walk around in, in the, the big robes and stuff on a regular and, you know, do all that stuff, but it's, uh, it's, that's who I am. And it's that I always believed. And I was always taught, uh, what I saw that worked was be yourself and just crank it up to 10 and it's worked for me, you know? Yeah, that's definitely, um, that's, that's a lesson like I've been learning. I know like when, uh, even, so I made my, my in-ring debut in front of a live crowd, back in like September last year. Um, and like I was, and I've worked like a couple matches like here and there, just like tapings. Right. But I was very like, I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. And then like the more, like I started working, working matches and stuff like that, the better, like I was starting to understand like what's going on. And then, uh, I, I got to send you this video of my latest match and you'll, you'll, <laughs> you'll pop. It's completely different. Like just, the way I am and even like just in the ring um it was weird because that was only the second time that I've been in front of like a crowd was at UCW mm-hmm. and like I was just I was having way too much fun plus I think you know having another friend in there too you know aside from us working but another friend in there too like I it made it too easy because he was just he just knows how to like make the mood relaxed and like yeah. his yeah. character is one in a hundred Michaels was great, man. Uh, he was a, a pleasure to work. It was fun to work you. I mean, it's first time we ever met each other. So, I mean, you know, it's always for somebody who's just getting into the business like yourself, you know, and it's crazy to me. Like, I know just getting into the business that, you know, for you saying that's only like, what'd you say your second time working in front of a live crowd? Yeah. And that's for me, that's like, uh, I don't really, to me, it's still wor- just working for a camera. And, uh, yeah, there's a couple of people there. I've worked in front of six, you know, like I've worked in front of six and worked in front of not 600. I ain't got that far yet. I wish I did, but <laughs> a couple hundred anyways. Uh, but them crowds, man, I can't wait for them to come back. I can't wait for you to get a chance to, to feel that energy from that kind of crowd to get behind you, man. Oh, it's just, that is what I think I, some of the stuff that I live for in this business. And I think if you don't, you'd be lying to yourself because it's what, once you experience that, dude, you're going to be ready to to just take out mountains, bro. <laughs> it's great. Yeah. I, I definitely uh, see like the latest crowd that I were, was working in front of probably like 125 people. It was yeah, a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah I had, good crowd. Yeah. I had a blast with them too. And like, um, <laughs> I'll just like, pull back with this uh but yeah while i was working uh the person i was working with uh i so i bailed out a ring and uh this little kid was like come on red dog we want you to win and i was like have you seen this man he is enormous and yeah. I, it, it's a long hill it's a long climb uphill and he was just like you just got to have confidence and i was like right right confidence i was like i got you so then i get in the ring and then it's tie up shoulder block roll out right so as i take the show block i roll out and i go to him and i was like can i have your confidence because i just lost mine <laughs> <laughs> that's great well like, i love that man yeah working with the crowd and the kids that's always the greatest stuff man yeah well the kid like he ended up coming back to me like the end of the night and he was like hey just want to tell you he's like i think you're one of my new favorite wrestlers and i really like you and i was like oh bad appreciate it, man and then like I was like, do you want to get a picture? He's like, oh, yeah. And so I was like the first person that I like, I was like, yeah, let's go. Patow. <laughs> Heck yeah, man. But yeah, yeah, it was a rush. It's still, like, I still think about it too. And I'm just like, wow, like to have that kind of effect on somebody in less than five minutes, man, it was, it was cool, man. Like, I feel like, I feel like where you're coming from, where you're talking about, like, you get that energy rush and then you're just like, I don't, I don't want to let this go. Cause this is like, it's a different level of euphoria. Right. Well, like. Yeah, I mean, and the fans, when you have them interactions with them, it makes it all worth it. And then, yeah, as of recently is like when I've always worked heel gimmicks or mask gimmicks and kind of stayed away because of my previous lifestyle and the way I, you know, was. But 
now it's like you actually have people come up and you know hey i want an autograph or they'll, they'll want to buy your t-shirts or do whatever and want to take pictures and then you have the ones that add you on facebook and try to video chat you at like 3 a.m <laughs> repeatedly and it's like really dude that's <laughs> like man it gets extreme bro and i didn't think that like that that happened to people like us i guess you could say and it happened multiple times on multiple occasions from just a group of fans that go to uh i won't name it because then it, it becomes obvious but uh right. my area pittsburgh area a uh, group of fans that go there and yeah it's like crazy dude try to video chat you and call you at 3 a.m. It's like, hey, man, I took a picture with you after the show. It's great. You got to know when to put your boundaries up, man, not being like, you know, 3 a.m. is kind of like, that's kind of weird. Yeah. No, I, uh, I, I, you know, it's funny, though, because, like, I go in different shows. Like, I find myself, because, like, I'm always interacting with other wrestlers and stuff like that. And, like, you know, I'm legitimately, like, trying to book people for, like, interviews and stuff like that. And, like, so I try my best to like, hey, like I'll show you a couple of these interviews so that way you know like it's it's not just me, but I'm in the ring too taking bumps, bro. Like <laughs> I'm trying yeah. to earn my place on your guys' roster. <laughs> like that's right. legitimate. And I I I I can only imagine like and it's it's even harder like with like females, like I feel really bad because I'm like, yo, like I know I hit you up in your DMs. I'm like, hey, I got this podcast. You want to come on? Like only imagine like how many like dms that they get like asking about so i was like try to make a point like hey if i have a friend who knows you then i'll have them reach out to you because that way you know it's like well he's not a creep he's just a guy trying to get an interview and just ask you about your experiences so i mean i've I've had that happen a couple times where people were like yeah you know whatever and then they come on the show and they're like oh oh no no this is legit i'm like oh yeah yeah i'm not trying to be that stalker ass dude because i definitely understand like fans are weird and like but i appreciate them <laughs> but... right no, 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 i'm not saying like i get it i understand like you you want that personal intimate relationship with who you're watching perform right you know every other week because you want to know another side to them but there's a boundary and i think most fans know that you're just that handful right that take it too far you know. Like, oh, I bought your T-shirt, so you owe me this twenty-minute phone call. I'm like, no, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I mean, I have no problem. Yeah, staying after and talking to fans and and hanging out and signing whatever. Right. But phone calls, yeah, man. Like, hey, uh, <laughs> like, how did you get my number? <laughs> well, you know, like Facebook and stuff. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. no, but I'd be like, if someone called me and be like, I don't right. get my number out, and to find my number it takes a lot because <laughs> it's not like I put it out there readily. And even at that, like, I don't share your area code, bro. <laughs> so, um, all right, maybe we can hop into this. Yeah, we got off track a little bit. My fault. It's cool. I ain't worried about it, but, uh, you know, you talked about how you were taking bumps on, uh, on a hardwood floor. So I'm very curious though. What has been the worst bump you've taken? The worst bump I've taken. I heard you. I knew, I had a feeling this question was coming because uh, I heard it on a few others, man. But uh, that's a really tough question for me because I've taken a lot of crappy bumps, bro. It's been uh, over a decade of taking bumps and being the little guy most of the time. It's like you're used as a dummy. Uh, I don't know, man. Like, you know, you have people that think it would be tables, but I don't believe tables are a bad bump at all. Uh, table bumps better than uh, there's some ring bumps that I've taken. Um, probably gym floors, dude. Just taking suplexes and stuff on gym floors. Like, yeah, I, I took on hardwood floor. But it was in a house. Like, it had some give on the dining room floor in my house. The gym floors I've taken suplexes on, like concrete and stuff underneath. Uh, those are probably the worst bumps um, that I can think of. Uh, I do have one specific bump that it was pretty nasty. It didn't, it didn't hurt as bad as I would have thought it would. Uh, I don't even know if it's out yet. I don't even know if I'm allowed to talk about it, but I'm going to talk about it anyways. <laughs> so uh, Jay Roo, who's actually my trainer, like one of my, you know, other biggest trainers. Uh, 
me and him had a match up at PWX and we decided we were going to do the assault driver because I was watching some of his old footage from IWC and I said, Hey, I want to do that. So he thought I was crazy because he's like, no offense. He knows he's older now, but, uh, we got in there, dude, and the ring was super hot, like toasty. Like they had the heat aiming at the ring. Mm. So we were sweating, you know, sweating like crazy. And it bounced me off the ropes, go to do the pop-up to do the assault driver, which you don't know the assault driver is pop-up power bomb position. And then he you do a back, I do a backflip off his shoulders and land in a face bump, like mm. you know, sit out, basically face buster. And I got up and we went to go, he slipped. And I got about halfway back and I landed, spiked myself right on my head. Uh, and we found out later that it's actually a move called the Kawada driver. It's only been done three times in wrestling, four now. And uh, the reason it's not used anymore is because every time someone has taken it, those first three times, they broke their neck. So I got lucky. Uh, I landed on my head. Apparently, I'm durable. Uh, that's probably the worst bump I ever took. It was a little scary. Mm. that's about it uh landed on my head that and when i lost the black diamond heavyweight championship that's another infamous bump i'll give you is uh i took a spine buster from jru just so happens it's the same person he should probably have a talk with him about this uh he gave me a i think it was a spine buster i'll do an announcer's table at black diamond that didn't give like whatsoever uh it was actually breaking kayfabe sorry marks uh the table had it was a a breakable table bro like it was supposed to collapse it was like had the velcro stuff on it and we we hit this thing hard and it didn't go it the the wood on top actually bowed down split and then threw me back off and then i hit the ground took a bump on the the gym floor so i told him pick me up do it again he wouldn't do it we got to the back. Rick Diamond tells us that there was screws, like lag bolts, in the sides of it holding it together because of a show he did previously where he didn't want it to break. So that was good to know. Uh, we broke it, legitly. That hurt. But yeah. those are probably the two worst bumps I think I got. Damn. Damn. <laughs> Yeah. Like, I don't want it to break, so I screwed it in so that way the table wouldn't give. Like, oh no, 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 yeah. no. We were gonna do a. I was gonna run, and he was gonna hip toss me off the entrance ramp through the table. Mm. And I'm really glad we didn't do that because that would have hurt really, really bad. That would have. <laughs> there's no yeah. kick to that. <laughs> yeah, no, it would have been done. Yeah, me and uh, the table both probably. Yeah, been like just fold over, just lay there. <laughs> Head on one side, feet on the other. <laughs> yeah, it'd have been all bad, dude. Probably oh, screws in the face. Probably, probably. It would have. You definitely would have been like, could have called yourself Frankenstein after that. Like, yeah, Frankenstein, man. <laughs> yeah, or freaking what's that dude's fate? Put all the spikes out of his. Face. I'm not a horror guy. Oh, pin, uh, pinhead. Pinhead. There it is. Yep, pinhead. <laughs> Yo, no. Oh no. There was like a there was a movie too. Uh, one of the Final Destinations. There's a chick who like ended up taking like a bunch of screws and nails to the face. Oh, yeah. I just I can't remember which one. Somebody in a comment, you know, go ahead put it in there. You'll probably know what we're talking about. Um, aside, okay. So aside from having like that being one of your worst bumps, man, I'm also very curious because I ask this question a lot and I love the answers that I get from it. What's the hardest you've ever been hit? Oh man. This is messed up, and I have to have a serious talk with this guy after this podcast because I've never thought about how all this adds up. Maybe it's just because it's with your trainer who you go the hardest with. Hmm. Uh, I've been hit hard by quite a few guys uh, just by slipping up and throwing some taters accidentally in the, in the middle of a match. Uh, I've had guys shoot uh, when I was younger. Um, some had the right to shoot. Some didn't. Uh, I've been kicked in the back of the head so hard. I've seen stars before uh, on purpose, sometimes on accident. But one that I'll it's just a, an inf- infamous memory for me because it's my second ever match ever. Uh, I was working a mass gimmick 
I won't say which one it is. And it was like a hundred, probably a hundred degrees, dude. And at least in the suit, cause I was wearing a full body suit. Oh, it was like a hundred degrees in this suit. And we were doing a big biker rally in West Virginia. I was in a triple threat match with J Rue and special ed. And he, he sat me up on a top turnbuckle and I'm green, like green, green. I'm 16 in a West Virginia show around a bunch of bikers in this goofy freaking gimmick. And he sets me on a top turnbuckle and he says, take a hip toss, Japanese or Japanese arm drag, something along them lines. He wanted me to take a flip bump off top. And that was cool, except special ed was laying right there. So I was like, I can't, you know, I can't go. So he went and I didn't. Well, you know, that's a big no-no. You don't do that. He tells you to go, you go. Well, he wanted me to land on Ed and Ed knew I was coming. Apparently I didn't know. So he turns around, jumps back up and throws a forearm to me on the top turnbuckle. I remember the forearm coming. And then I remember being drugged back into the ring by my foot off the ground and sat back into the turnbuckle to get chopped. Uh, it's called don't miss your spot kid. Uh, yeah. So that's probably one of, one of the biggest memories I have of like, yeah, dude, knocked out straight on top rope, uh, blue spot. And I, it, Hey, it happened. Uh, besides that, me and a guy named Harley Morris, Harley T Morris, the professional, we had a big feud in uh, Black Diamond, and we just – the tempo of our feud started off with a hardcore match because it was something that was booked for the show. The guys no-showed the promoter, mm-hmm. so he asked us to do it. Yeah, sure, you know, friends with the promoter, we'll do whatever you need us to do, man. We went out and we worked a match. That was the first time we ever worked each other, and it was for the belt. That's when I won the belt and all that. So that started off our feud with that kind of heat, and we went to town on each other. So – after that, for a while, working each other, it's just like constant throwing taters at each other. And we got each other good quite a few times. So, yeah, I'm, I've left concussed more than enough times from wrestling shows. I know uh, I, have, I have a good friend, too, um, and we always run practice matches. And uh, he always tells me, too, he's like, if you don't, he's like, if you don't hit me hard enough, I'm going to slap the shit out of you. And when I mm-hmm. slap you, that means the intensity's got to get turned up. I'm like, all right, whatever. And so, like, I went to throw a farm, right? And I throw my farm, and I, I'm two, two ten, and he was like, you know, a buck sixty. So I throw a farm at him, and uh, then he turns around, and just smacks me, just right in the mouth. And I was like, all right, and I just came, <laughs> just lay so hard into him, and he was just like, "That's what I'm talking about." And I'm just like, "I hate you so much right now." <laughs> I was just the the time that I came up as a kid, like I'm, dude. I was a kid coming up with grown men in a locker room, you know. Right. And uh, I learned the hard way a lot of stuff, and it was always working snug. That's I like working snug. You know, I, I tell a lot of guys, like at least the younger guys coming up in my area, you know, if I if it doesn't look good, don't do it for one. Right. Like punches and all that. There's I hate seeing a punch that doesn't connect. There's gotta be connection. Like you gotta know how to work it, man. Uh if it I'm I'm a firm believer and I want to feel it. I don't want you to knock me out, but I want to know you're there. Right. You know, that's you know how I work. Well, that's something that you talked to me about too in the back. Like you said, yeah. that's exactly how you said it too. Right. If I can't feel it, don't throw it. I'm like, all right, man. <laughs> I was like, me too. Just lay yeah. it in. I like it. So it's weird though, right? Because like people talk about that like all the time. Like in wrestling, like you have to have a screw loose because like, you know, you, you're willing to just get punched in the face. Yeah, it's great. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> You're punching the face for a living, man. Yeah, it's great. Love it. It's awesome. <laughs> so I got to ask, though, in this sport, um, what's been like one of the hardest things that you've had to learn? The hardest things I've had to learn, man, is. Oh, shoot. There's a there's a lot of hard lessons in this business. Uh, hardest thing I had to learn is. Probably how to look out for yourself, man. And what's best for you? Uh, Cause you get it. You can get involved with a lot of clicks and, and 
you know, let yourself go down a bad path or don't take bookings or don't do, you know, certain, certain things because of certain people. And uh, I like, I understand the respect factor and all that. And I preach respect all the time. And I believe that it's something that really needs to still be instilled into this business. Sometimes you got to go with your gut, dude, and leave some people behind. And it's about what's best for your career. And if it doesn't, if it doesn't help you, then it's not for you. Uh, that was a hard lesson for me to learn. Uh, and then you can always go back and get, you know, you can always go back and grab people, you know, and be like, Hey man, you know, here's the door. Here's your chance, you know, come with me. Right. Uh, stuff like that. Uh, hard lessons is just how to sometimes man is how to really it's a hard, dude, such a hard freaking question. Uh, yeah, we'll just go with the first one. We'll go with the first one. We'll leave it to that for now. That's like a hard that. question, man. There's a lot of a lot of hard lessons to be learned in this business. Sometimes it's simply of just working different people, different styles. For me, something that has been really tough because of the style, like I've, I finally started to to get past a certain threshold and, and, and move on past fear, I guess you could say and start hitting a lot of different moves and stuff that I've been working on and practicing and I'm doing them in matches. You kind of got to like, for me, the hitting the, all the springboards and the high flying stuff. We don't have a lot of that around me. Like coming up, it was all old school type of wrestlers. J Rue did, you know, a little off the ground stuff. Uh, but there was never like him serious high flyers. Like I love trip away. One of my biggest goals is to go to Mexico or new Japan. Like I, I want to, that's where I want to go, dude. Uh, I used to love TNA in the X division back in the, you know, early two thousands. Like I love that style of wrestling. And for me, a lot of it had to be self-taught and I had to study a lot, dude, like study a lot of tape, a lot of tape, a lot of tape, and then go in and find somebody willing enough to be like, Hey man, we try this with me. You try this with me. And we just keep doing it, keep doing it, keep doing it until we make sure like, Hey, this is safe. This is how it's done. Yeah. And, you go for it, dude. And it's worked. Like as some of my matches that I've had recently with some guys, it's just, it, I thought for just going out and like our match got flipped around and got changed real, like last second. <laughs> so we went out, we had, and we had a great match. I feel like we had a good match. Yeah. And it, that's something I don't think I could have done that well in my earlier years, it's just all a learning process of going out and being able to know when to fill spots, know when to like, yeah, okay. We called this in the back, but as you're going through, it's like, yeah, okay. This isn't long enough. Even though sometimes five minutes feels like it's been 15 because it's so hot or sometimes it don't feel like you went long enough and you're way over, but there's times when, you know, and you're like, okay, so we call it all this in the back. You got to find fillers, man. And a lot of guys, they'll learn that. But I see a lot of that now that's like it's not done. And I, I, you know, I screw up on that. So I have to throw in more fillers here and there, you know, different stuff. But I think that's that's a good lesson too, like knowing how to work the full match and not just what – you got to know how to call stuff in the ring, dude. It's the old school mentality. You got to know how to do it. Yeah, that was a the piece of advice that recently was kind of brought to my attention was that, uh, you know, uh, plan a fin plan the beginning, plan to finish, and then everything else just call out there like, and just try, right? Like at first it can feel awkward because you you really want to structure everything, but he's like just go out there and have fun, and uh, yeah, it was it was great advice that I got, and I was like, yeah, I definitely want to see what this is gonna be like. So, I think when I start going back into training. And I just learned this probably like we're recording this on like, you know, it was like a week ago, like to give kind of a context. So, um, and I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you who told me that after, <laughs> after everything. But uh, yeah, it was like, oh, I was like, I definitely gonna try that at practice when I get into the ring with someone that I'm comfortable with and just start trying it and really just see how, see what happens. And it, it might, might be something, it might be a complete bomb but I'm going to try <laughs> for me. It depends on what kind of moves you plan on throwing out there during that match. Right. You know, if you, I like to, you know, come up with some spots and be like, okay, well, if we get a chance, here's something we can do. Here's something we can do and just call it. 
call in a ring, right? You know, place it, like go with the crowd, see how they feel. And, but now, you know, that's the, the thing about the COVID era, bro. There's not really a crowd all the time to, to, for you to feed off of. So you kind of just go with it, you know, just listen to boys in the back. If they pop, then you know, you did something awesome. <laughs> true. That's very true. Yeah. All right, man. So I got a question to ask, like any advice that you would give to upcoming wrestlers? Like what would you throw at them? Uh, upcoming wrestlers, man, this, uh, show up and commit when you say you're going to, when you say you're going to do something, do it. Because when you don't, it kind of sets the tone for the rest of your first couple of years, dude. And you always want to show up and show out. Whenever you're young and you're coming up and this is your first couple of years in the business, you want to be there for everything, dude. Set up, tear down uh, before the show, after the show, be there asking questions, pay attention. And if you really want to be here, if you really want to be in this business, you got to be hungry. You got to have heart. It's going to hurt. It's going to suck. You're going to have to sacrifice a lot of stuff. It's just what it is. It's the nature of the beast. If you want to wrestle, if you want to be a pro wrestler, man, even on the indie scene, there's a, a lot of things you got to be willing to give up and walk away from because a lot of things will hold you back from getting to the bigger scene. And all, we all do it at some point in our career. We let something hold us back. But if you're going to, if you say you're going to do something, do it. Show up and show out every time because it gets more eyes on you, man. Give it your all, 110% every time you go out there. 110% might not be the same today as it is tomorrow, but at least you tried. You gave it everything you had. And I think if you lay everything on the line every time you go after something, eventually you're going to succeed. Yeah, I like that. That's really good advice. Like, got a little fire now. I'm just like, yeah, man, that's why I go to these shows and ask people to come on my podcast so I can have these one-on-ones and learn lessons. Yeah. All right, man. So last question I have for you before we jump into the second best segment of this three count podcast, I got to have one do and one don't of the locker room. One do one don't. Okay, one do, one don't, one do. Do, no matter how you feel about somebody in the locker room, no matter how bad they pissed you off by something they said on the internet, back in the day, it might have been the indie message board. Might still be today if you still get on that crap. If they still exist, I really don't know. I avoid them. (laughs) Uh, No matter how you feel about anybody, do, when you go in a locker room, shake everybody's hand and introduce yourself. And let them know that, that, yeah, hi, it's nice to meet you. It's, it's nice to see you again. Be professional and respectful at all times. I don't care if you want to punch his lights out. Wait until you see him somewhere else. Never do it in a locker room. Don't, if you hear somebody yell, dropping trout, uh, change anything of that, just locker room, keep, dude, don't look down. That's all, best advice I got you. Don't ever look down. Because a lot of chances you're going to catch a lot of stuff you don't want to see. And then the locker rooms that we work in lately have been really tight spaced. And these old school guys just don't care. No towel, no nothing. They'll just drop it and it's there. And it's right. You're trying to change your clothes and you look up and you got a man's genitalia in your face. Don't let your eyes wander in the locker room. Gentlemen, ladies. Especially lady, don't let your eyes wander in the locker room because it's it can be a very scary place sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Just, hey, there you go. Hey, hey, that's true though. <laughs> very true. Very true. Well, those are my big uh heavy hitting questions, man. So we're gonna get into the second best segment of uh this podcast. And people will ask me, well, what's the first? And I tell them it's the Red Dogs Power Rankings that you can find every Sunday on our debate show or every Monday on TikTok and Instagram. Cause you know we do put those out there for uh for our listeners and our viewers to check it out. But this is the three count podcast 10 count questions. Mr. Kavad, this is how it works. I'm gonna fire off 10 questions at you rapid and fast. Whatever you answer with, that is your answer. 
Are you ready to play the game? I don't know, man, but I guess. Let's do it. All right. We're going to put on the imaginary timer. Bing! And here we go. Smackdown or Raw? Raw. Favorite color? Uh, Blue. Sonic or Mario? Mario. Favorite movie? Uh, dude, I don't watch a lot of TV. Uh, we'll go with the wrestlers. Most recent thing I watched. Okay, that I I, I like that too. Lions or tigers? Tigers. This is the one that's gonna get you. Favorite verse. Favorite verse. Bible scripture. Yeah. Oh, this is gonna get me. I got so many. Oh. <laughs> uh, Romans 831. Uh, if God is for us and who can be against us, that's a great one. Um, oh man, I don't know the I know it's first Corinthians. I don't know the exact coordinates for this scripture. Um, but it was uh when I was a child, uh, forgive me, fellow believers, if I if I butcher this right now. Um when I was a child, I thought as a child, I spoke as a child, uh, I something as a child, I'm sorry. <laughs> Uh, but when I became man, I put childish things away. Uh, that's one of my favorite scriptures. Mm. Uh, there's the time to grow up, you know. I got it. I got it. Funny thing though is that we still, we still play pretend. Yeah, I still put on uh, costumes and go out and you know beat up <laughs> eat my friends. You know, so it's <laughs> never really grew up past that phase. But all right, Batman or Superman? Batman. Uh, favorite podcast. House of Kabod. Hey. <laughs> Nominate one person that you want to see on this podcast. Nominate one person I want to see on this podcast. Oh, shoot, man. Okay. Dude, Dude. I don't know. Uh, I got I got a couple in mind. Oh, I'm trying. Yeah, throw them all out. A couple. You know, uh, my business partner, actually, a good, good friend of mine. He was in my wedding. He's probably one of my best friends. Uh, The crazy hillbilly Bud Cassidy uh, hasn't I haven't had the chance to put him on mine yet. And I really want to know because he's one of my best friends and there's a lot of story. He's got a lot of knowledge, a lot of stuff that I don't know uh, that I'd like to hear. Um. O'Reilly Chambers is a, a brain full of knowledge. Uh, if you could ever make it happen, I could get you the contact information and I could find out. I don't know if you'd be up for it or not. The Wraith and Johnny Demonic, even those guys are a freaking swimming pool of knowledge and they have seen a lot and been a lot of places uh, in wrestling. So, uh, out of my personal people, those are probably some of the top couple right now. I had one with Jay Rue. He's a great talk, too, uh, if you ever have time to, to sit down with him uh, on a podcast. He, he's like, you know, freaking – he has a crap ton of stories. Um, yeah, man. You, you got a group there you could uh, always grab something from and roll bet. with it. Bet. Well – Last but not least, my favorite question to ask every person, and I'm very curious whether you're going to be able to answer this question or not. Favorite curse word? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we all know what the word is. You know you can't say it, though. <laughs> no. Well, I mean, that, you know, <sighs> darn. Uh, I, no, I don't know, man. Uh, I'm human, you know, so. You slip, you say stuff. Uh, favorite curse word? Probably piss because me and my buddies at work always yell at each other from the top of the road. Hey, are you taking a piss? Just messing around with each other, freaking the British accent crap and being a bunch right. of goofballs. So I like it. I like it a lot. Well, that is it for the 10 count questions, Mr. Kavad. All I need from you is to let our viewers and our listeners know where they can find you. Oh, man, you could check me out. Uh, I don't even know my own backslash for my YouTube. But if you search uh, Joshua Kavod uh, on YouTube, you can find me. You can find me 
uh, every Thursday on CUTV, just about every Thursday, if they booked me that week, because, you know, the, the promoters, he's a loony bin. Um, so if you catch me on TV, on CUTV Thursdays at 1 p.m., uh, if you're local to my area, if not, you can catch me on YouTube on Thursdays uh, on Legit American Wrestling. Uh, you can catch me on there at 6 p.m. on Thursday evenings. Uh, I think we missed one tonight, though. Uh, we had some stuff going on. You can catch me at PWX uh, whenever those are airing. I uh, don't have a schedule for that. You can catch me UCW, wherever they may run. Uh, Devise. Uh, the Keystone Grappling Coalition. You can catch me at Black Diamond here soon at the Bel Air Toy and Brick Museum in Ohio uh, doing a Lego death match with yours truly, J-Roo. Uh, so that'll be pretty great. Um, you catch me on YouTube, man. Go to House of Kabod, uh, Josh, and check some of my stuff out, man. Go to LAW, uh, Legit American Wrestling, all that uh Dude, find me on Facebook, Joshua Cavalt on Facebook too. All my social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Go hit it up. Like, subscribe to videos, especially three count podcasts, especially this video, because this video is going to be awesome now. Uh, <laughs> dude, anywhere, man. I, I love the support. I love when people come out and show up, and I will always promise to give you a good show. So, and for promoters and bookers out there, I am available. I have lots of dates available. Uh, we can work something out. Give me a call. I will work very flexible because I just, dude, I have a personal goal in this business and that is to work at least once in every state and, uh, get a couple out of, you know, out of country bookings and whatnot, but I just want to work anywhere and everywhere. So if you're looking for work, check me out on YouTube, get a hold of me. And there you go. That's where you can find him on all of his YouTube channels. Also, you can find him on Twitter and IG and everything else. But with that being said, this is the Three Count Podcast presents Now Entering the Ring. And as I said, I am your Sherpa, the man who leads you up to some of this mountain of this sport called wrestling. So you guys know what to do. Well, actually, first, it's never about me. It's about who's entering the ring, and that is Joshua Kavad. But you guys know what to do. Tune into the next episode and be there or... You just wait till this episode ends and when the outro plays and then you catch the next episode that we have coming up. Peace. What's going on, Three Count Nation? I'm Clifford Red Dog Miller with the catchphrase. But what I really want to do right now, go to twitter.com, right? Go over there, find us at the three count underscore pod. Give us a follow, give us a like, give us a comment. We want to talk to you guys. Go to IG at the Three Count Pod. Give us a like, give us a follow. Leave us a comment. We want to interact with you. Go to YouTube.com. Give us a subscribe. Turn the bell on. Turn on notifications. Leave a comment. We want to talk to you. Go to anger.fm forward slash the Three Count Podcast. And in there, you can leave us a message and we will talk to you. Basically, what I'm trying to tell you is that we want to talk to you. We want to have fun with you guys and we love listening to what you guys have to say. Also, one thing I need you to do for me, the Three Count Podcast also has merchandise oh. at prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the three count pod. Please go buy our t-shirts. We love you guys and we hope you love us too. So show us some support, please. <laughs>